listening to the Beard and Bear Power Hour. Um, naturally, well, it's the Beard and Bear Power Hour experience this week. Um, as you can hear from the music, which I'm editing in in post, and therefore neither may, me or G, Jay can hear at this point of recording. Um, we are professionals. Um, so we just carry on. <laughs> uh, there's plenty to talk about this week. Um, this week, we have the Raw and SmackDown Superstar Shake-Up. We have an interesting topic in regards to Sasha Banks, Luke Harper, and many others currently making noises about leaving the WWE. Obviously, this is the week of Worlds Collide appearing on WWE Network. Um we also have some interesting thoughts from um, a couple of news outlets that we'll be discussing later on. Um, and, of course, it has been episode two of Dark Side of the Ring, Viceland's... It has, it has. Yeah, Viceland's documentary in regards to some of the more interesting stories within wrestling. Episode two is, of course, the Montreal Screwjob, a very relevant... Um, piece of television this week in regards to wrestling, considering some people feel there has been a bit of a screw job this week. Um, Jay, let's let's just start off nice and strong. The Viking experience. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on um, this this name change for the War Raiders, which has been dominating social media over this last week? Well, from from what I gather, 
it's because it has the name War in it. Vince McMahon wants to change it. Um, um, doesn't want anything with the war in it on TV, apparently. That's what I've heard. Yeah, of course. Yeah. This was um, confirmed by um, Mick Foley um, on Twitter. Um, bloody, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, um, Mick Foley's speech was um, oh, Mick Foley's statement is available and is quite hilarious if I can actually found it. Um, ah, yeah, there it is. There it is. Um, um, nope, can't find it. But um, not only, not only has changed the name of the tag team. He's changed their actual names. <laughs> They're now called Ivor and Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so very true. Was, but the next year, they've established themselves as the War Raiders, and then they just flip it up. He's just standing there, probably going, you look like Vikings. Uh, this would be the Viking experience. Mm. It's just like... Is it like a tribute act or something like? That? Well, yeah. I mean, it feels like a it feels like an off-brand kind of Alton Towers ride, doesn't it? Um, so, I mean, Mick Foley's exact quotes on Twitter was so maybe hashtag Viking Experience wouldn't have been my first choice, but had there been social media in 1996, I'm guessing the name hashtag Mankind would not have been greeted with much happy either. Um, names can be tweaked if the talent is there to back it up, which in this case it is. Does the name Kane the Undertaker ring any bells? Um, somebody responded, um, Rob L94 responded to Mick and said, they do, but why change it in the first place? If the name was already absolutely fine, why would you make it worse and then say it can be tweaked? Mick Foley's response was, anything with the word war in it is not, is not going to fly in WWE in 2019. The Warlord is now taking bookings as Viking Lord, and the old Attitude Era hashtag Raw episodes have been renamed Raw is Viking. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's strong words there from Mrs. Foley's baby boy, as it were. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, this is just, just reeks of Vince McMahon, doesn't it? I mean, there's a there's, yep, there's that over, there's that yeah. McMahon stench all over Eric and Ivor at the moment, and I'm not sure it's necessarily going to going to be easy to rub off, as it were. Hmm. Well, yeah, which which could then demote them. I mean, they've come in already. They've beaten the tag team champs in the non-title match. You can see that they're going to be pushed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, you say you can see they're going to be pushed. I mean, that's that's always got to be taken with a grain of salt um, within the WWE when it comes to NXT talent mm. rising up. Um, I'll be I'll be talking more about that later um, as um, there's some quite interesting thoughts coming out of a few news outlets about that. A few editorials have been quite interesting in regards to how how talent is treated coming up from the main. Um, well, onto the main roster. Um, while we are, of course, while we are, of course, talking about things that are um, very hard to rub off, the Usos um, went over to Raw um, along with Naomi. Um, That's right. Thoughts on that as a move? <laughs> 
I don't think it really matters where you put them. They're, yeah. they're going to be at the top of the division. Yeah, that's pretty but much it, my thoughts. It's like or SmackDown. There's just been a SmackDown too long now. Yeah. It makes sense to give them a move them over. Um, give them some fresh, fresh people to talk to and, exactly. and wrestle with and all of that kind of malarkey. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get some good matches from the Viking experience and the Usos. Mm. So. Um, other people who have been moved across, obviously AJ Styles was the main ticket um, moving on to Raw. The Miz um, also joined him in a segment at the start of Monday Night Raw, um, attacking Shane McMahon from the crowd. Um, ricochet, Alistair Black. Officially a part of Raw. Officially a part of Raw. How do you think that feel is um, with them moving on to that part of the main roster? Um, are they going to split them up, or is that it? Is Are we now blackisheying it up um, up until WrestleMania 36? I don't think it'd be that long. I think they'll keep them tight team for the time being. Mm. Um, just to beef it up a little bit, you know, I mean, they've had a problem with the tight team division for a while now and there seems to be getting more teams coming in. Yeah. So this could this could be the turnaround, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But um, I think, I think yeah, there's some interesting teams on Raw at the moment. I think the strongest, I think the strongest point for both of these stars will be when they, when they leave um, the tag team division, obviously. Um, I don't think they necessarily need a, one becomes a heel, one becomes a face breakup. Um, I think just a simple um, one of them winning a championship and moving on. Um, from the tag team division would be um, a good idea. Um, Alistair Black, I feel, would be a good place for that, considering that Ricochet has proven time and time again within New Japan Pro Wrestling that you can put him in any tag team with any person, and of course, um, he will he will succeed. Um, good at doing that. Yeah, yeah, he's he's he is literally. Um, I mean, some of the some of the five man, four man, three man tags that he had, um, especially towards the tail end of his time within um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, were just just spot on um, on every level. Um, Andrade and Zelina Vega, um, they moved across to Raw as well um, from the blue brand, um, taking with them Rey Mysterio. Um, I don't think that that was supposed to be related. However. Um, they do know that they have a on-demand five-star match available on Monday Night Raw now, so um, that's probably quite reassuring for them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> everything, everything they're going to do with each other is fucking top-notch. So yeah, well, exactly, exactly. Just providing that WWE can continue to um, continue to allow that to flourish. Um, sanity. Um, Eric Young from Sanity going to Monday Night Raw from SmackDown, um, apparently officially signaling the end of Sanity as a stable. Yeah. Uh, thoughts? Well, yeah. I mean, probably the best thing for them, they weren't getting anywhere on SmackDown. They weren't being used. The, the last time they were used, they got their heads kicked in by the Miz. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, late night... Um, well, late 90s kind of um, goth slash chaos gimmicks um, don't always work on a modern day product, um, especially considering how clean everything has to be um, and how homogenized everything actually is. It's a shame um, that WWE doesn't allow for the level of character development that a, f a faction like Sanity really needs. Um, in order for them to thrive and to become a big faction. But 
I think you've also got the other element of um, of factions not necessarily being allowed to flourish post devolution anyway, um, which unless you're the shield. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but even look at the shield. Um, the shields. The shield's actual gimmick was we don't talk, we just go in and kick ass and here's a few moves that we always do. When you really boil yeah, it down to it, whenever the shield get together, their mic time just reduces. And I've always felt that since Evolution, um, it's almost as if somebody important backstage is looking at these rising factions that have a lot of potential and just whacking them with his golden shovel um, every time they pop up like a game of whack-a-mole. Um, but, I mean, that's that's surely rumour. I'm not quite sure who you're well, talking Well, that's rumour and innuendo, of course, but that's just... <laughs> That's just my thoughts. I, um, I think um, the legacy element of um, evolution um, would not really allow would not really allow there to be another great faction um, as as prevalent as them, especially not a heel faction, um, because then it would diminish the returns on cutting to them and saying that they were the greatest faction of all time, even though they clearly weren't. Um, yeah every time they do a documentary on it. So, um, yeah, Cedric Alexander going to Raw. Um, we got a lot of tears and um, a lot of upset on this week's um, 205 Live. That was the one that aired on April the 16th. Um, uh, I didn't watch that part. I was just happy that that match was over. The one between Cedric Alexander and Only Lorcan. Only Lorcan, yeah. Did you not feel that that was, um, that was a very good... Pacing was was just just wrong for their, for their styles, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, you didn't feel that they meshed very well. Um, I quite enjoyed the match. Um, it was better than it was better than the majority of the piffle I see on WWE TV, um, but that's about as far as I could take it. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a note. It was certainly wasn't Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, it certainly wasn't. Um, Certainly wasn't any of the final kind of matches. Um, it wasn't of the level of caliber that you'd see on NXT if 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 a stalwart was going. Um, but then I think Cedric Alexander, um, maybe slightly. Uh, please feel free to tell me I'm a wanker on Twitter. Um, maybe slightly overrated in the eyes of the um, commentary team on Two Hundred Five Live. Don't know if you noticed. I, I reckon yeah. so. He's I mean, good. He's going to be pushing um, up a mid card, I guess, on Raw. Mm. He's not going to reach anything after that. Well, exactly. Right, I think. Um, Lacey Evans was another win by Monday Night Raw. Um, previously, um, she was on the brand known as The Ramp. Um, <laughs> and she wasn't allowed. Really enjoy watching that yeah, show. Yeah, she she it's wasn't really allowed off yeah. the ramp um, at all to um, actually work a match or anything like that. Um, so now um, she is on Raw. We should be able to see her on a match. And talking of people who have unexpectedly come from brands that we didn't know existed, EC3 is going to Raw from his current brand, which is of course the main event. Um, I was going to say, <laughs> the main event. <laughs> uh, um, do you think they're going to do anything with EC3? I mean, he's a phenomenal talent. Well, I mean, he got absolutely destroyed by Braun Strowman on Raw. So yeah, but maybe maybe, maybe now he's got a storyline where he's in a wheelchair. Maybe John Cena will push him off a ramp. You never know. 
you know, and then it's just up, up, up as far as history tells us. Yeah, I really do hope they do something with him because this this guy is a fucking talent. He really is, and they they need they need they need to push this guy. What do you think the problem is? I mean, do, I mean, obviously we're going to be talking hyperbole here, but what do you think the actual problem is with him? I don't know. I have no idea. For some reason, apparently, Ramunuendo Vince just didn't like him. For some reason, but no one knows why. No. Well, maybe I can't find anything. Maybe it's just what, a bit of a dick. Why, or what it is? Like just mm, maybe. just either of them. Um, by that, I mean I haven't actually pronouns pal, but I haven't actually said which person. But maybe whoever it is is either EC3 or Vince McMahon is just a dick. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Um, they, they did this thing with them um, where they had uh, Mick Drake Maverick, Brock Osbud come out as his manager um, on one of the uh, one of the live events recently. Yeah. So hopefully they'll go forward with that because they're they're quite good together. Um, they, they do feed off each other quite well, uh, as you've seen in um, TNA. Mm. You'd know that they're really good as a um, a unit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could just be one of those cases of Vince McMahon trying to make, um, trying to make something from TNA his, um, and just waiting for the right time when the touring lined up in order to allow it. But mm, maybe, maybe there's, or maybe it's fact that he is from TNA and he's burying them for, for the sake of it. Maybe if, um, maybe if he actually allowed the performance center model to work, um, and not stop poaching their talent with absolutely fuck all plan as to what to do with them. You know, just yeah. just a bit of an idea. Um, instead, he's got this faux sport kind of. You're lucky to be on the main roster if you come from NXT kind of kind of thing going off, and it uh-huh. yeah does nothing but diminish the business model, and it does nothing but diminish the um, talent who do come up. I mean, if, I mean, imagine if AJ Styles came from NXT, would he be in the position that he's in now? If AJ Styles came in, came up from NXT, no, nah, I don't reckon he would. I reckon he'd be, I reckon he'd be floundering around. Um, I reckon he'd be floundering around with the US title somewhere. Probably. Yeah. Um, it's just, it gives him it gives him this stigma, and don't know. Vince should be watching NXT. Probably got no time to watch it, but you should at least have an interest in it. Yeah. Seeing as these are the wrestlers that are coming up to to these shows that to Raw and SmackDown. Well, exactly. I mean, it all it all stretches back to that. Um, we need to think outside of the box. Who are your best four guys in NXT? Um, kind of attitude. Um, one notable absence um, in all of this, of course, is Johnny Gargano. Um, obviously, he's the champion. Um, he's the NXT champion at the moment. Um, but. <sighs> Why why bring him and um, Tommaso Ciampa up anyway? Oh, yeah. No, obviously. Um, I mean, is it... Are yeah, we supposed... That, that was obviously going to be a tag team, wasn't it? Yeah. So, as soon as the injury happened, or he had to go and get his surgery, he just went back to NXT, and now, obviously, he's holding that NXT title. So... I'm just going to keep him there. I, I would have assumed they might have moved to 205, but it looks like they're moving over um, Adam Cole. 205. Oh, Adam Cole. Yeah. That was unexpected. Yeah, no, I've read that somewhere. Um, we've even seen him in a 205 t shirt. Might have been photoshopped, but I think that's happening. Wow. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. 
it's got a cool following. He's going to bring loads of eyes to it. Um, some some may think it's demotion for Adam Cole, but he can run that brand. Oh yeah, he could easily run that brand. Um, I mean, he could have as bigger impact or or bigger as Brian Kendrick um, Kendrick has had on it. Um, you know, or Mustafa yeah. Ali. Um, he's certainly he's certainly a bigger name than either of them. Um, no offense, of course, to either of those wrestlers. And then you've got three fifths of the kingdom, old kingdom, on one show. Um, tell me about the kingdom. Tell our listeners about the kingdom. Uh, so yeah, at one point the kingdom in ROH was um, Mike Bennett, which is Mike Canellis, of course, now in the WWE. Uh, Maria, hmm. uh, Adam Cole, Matt Hardy, and of course Matt Taven. Ah, okay. Um... Of course, you've got. Um, of course, Mike Canellis is um, currently one of our stars who has asked for his release um, over the last couple of weeks, as we know. Um, apparently, been declined it. Um, I'll talk more about. We'll talk more about that after we've done, gone through SmackDown. Yeah, um, yeah. So Tucker and Otis, um, they have moved over to SmackDown. Yeah, no, one thing that's not on here is um, Samoa Joe is going over to Raw um, as well. Yeah, I don't see any, I don't see any kind of, I don't see any kind of reference to that on with, WWE.com. With, with, with the IC, and with, he wasn't, he was meant to be on it, but he was, he had the flu, so this gets him off the show completely. Uh, He'll be one of those silent ones um, with, with Finn Balor going to SmackDown with the IC title. Yeah, of course. It's just yeah. natural that Joe goes over to Raw, so they've got... You know, the same amount of time. I mean, that would make perfect sense. Um, but as I say, it's um, it's WWE dot com. I haven't even haven't even flagged it. But I mean, as I say, you are right. They could just do it as a as a silent one. If he if he has got the flu, then um, they could wait until they have something relevant on War and Raw and bring him back um, with a bit more pomp and circumstance. Um, yeah, he was meant to have that th- uh, a segment with um, Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got changed to EC three squash. Yeah. Because he was ill. Well, so. if you've got nothing better to do, just squash EC3. I mean, it's not like he's Apparently. doing anything. Well, yeah, he's not really doing anything, even though he should be. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he gets into the um, United States title picture, but if. I mean, Braun's going to be running that one. That's going to be an interesting to see if they will even. With that idea. Yeah, I don't think I they mean, would. Yeah. I just don't see it. I, I see them. I reckon he should. I reckon he should just leave. I think he should. I think um, if there was ever a candidate, <laughs> he's, he's wasted. Yeah, yes, he's completely wasted. Absolutely I wasted. mean, but then let's be honest. How many wrestlers can you actually say aren't wasted on WWE, uh, WWE at the moment? Uh, Got Nate. Well, obviously, a lot. A lot of them are. Yeah, that's what but... I'm saying. Name name me ten wrestlers who aren't wasted in some way at WWE. Roman Reigns, <laughs> AJ Styles, two. Um. <laughs> uh, See, this is the thing. You could also say Finn Balor, but he's Intercontinental Champion when he should be World Champion. Um. <laughs> Kyrie Sane. <laughs> <laughs> so, Raw. <laughs> Uh, sorry, SmackDown. Interesting, yeah. Ot- <laughs> Otis and Tucker. Um, obviously. Heavy machinery. Heavy machinery. 
They are good. They're good. I like their move. I like them. Their finisher, it's really good. I don't like them. I hate them. Really? I just don't get on with them at all. Yeah. Stakes and weights. Yeah, fuck off there, mate. Yeah, can't be arsed with them. Oh. That controversial. They've turned, turned Otis into a retarded character as well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just offensive <laughs> on every level. Um, but they do do that. Um... Mickey, don't get him mad. Mickey, don't do Mickey it. James. That don't really care anymore about Mickey James. I mean, she's had a good run, right? Yeah, someone who does care and is certainly happy to be there. <laughs> Apollo Cruz. Yes, he. Um, yeah, Apollo Cruz needs a bit of a heel turn. Yeah. So you can then go up against Finn Balor. That would be really good. Yeah, I mean, the, I, th- I think that they'll avoid doing that kind of thing um, just because how good that'll be compared to how absolute shite the Bobby um, the Bobby Lashley um, feud with Finn Balor was um, will probably indicate that Apollo Crews is better than him and you know what the WWE are like when they want to hold people down. Um, does that sound about fair? Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be another situation where they need to leave <laughs> <laughs> well okay okay i think um <laughs> i i've got an idea okay once we once we go through the rest right i'm going to then read the list again of p of superstars and we can play stay or go um that's it that's that's our game it's called should they stay or should they go um so and then you and then you can put the clash on yeah that's that that that's the plan it. yeah definitely yeah yeah no that's it's gonna be cool um it'll be like a it'll be like a thing that we do um, yeah <laughs> chad gable chad gable gone to smackdown live yeah, it's gone back to SmackDown. Yeah, my assumption is um, they're gonna tag him up with Apollo Cruz. <laughs> I laugh, but you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or putting him back with Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, basically that's the that's the choice, isn't it, for them? Because he's an athletic white guy, um, so you need to put him with an athletic black guy. Um, and I say, it's... I say, just let him run single for now. Can't and, possibly um, do can't... that. No, because you he know, can put on a really good match. So, well, you don't want him to put on a good him match. Versus Finn Balor would be it'd be phenomenal, exceptional. It would be absolutely phenomenal. But no, no, it'll end up in a tag team of Apollo Crews um, or Shelton Benjamin. I would genuinely put money on that. How much? Fiver. All right. Cool. Bet. <laughs> um, Liv Morgan Liv Morgan what can you say about blue tongue um, that she has a blue tongue <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean she's just yeah she's without the right squad she's absolutely screwed yeah um, just got I mean this is one of those things because I mean you have that whole situation like um, when they spilled Matt and Jeff um, when they spilled the Dudley boys um, and now you've got it obviously with Sunny. I absolutely guarantee um, and of course the right squad um, I absolutely guarantee they have fuck all plans for two thirds of every single one of these people that they are they are splitting up yeah, what well, I mean, what's Liv Morgan going to do? Um, I don't know. What does she do? 
Yeah, um, maybe a... skip down to the ring behind Bailey. <laughs> oh yeah, they can put her with Bailey. No, Bailey's on on SmackDown now as yeah. well. But we'll get to Bailey soon. We will. We will. <laughs> um, Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy. Yeah, SmackDown. Yeah, no. yeah. Did you see that match with um, Velveteen Dream? I did. NXT, NXT right. Takeover. Yes. Caliber. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean the guy's the guy's phenomenal. Um, he, my annoyance is is that when he's put into um, a main roster situation, I can almost guarantee that he's going to end up on the lower mid card, um, and it's sad because he is definitely, definitely yeah. a, a mid or top mid carder. Well, this is another person that that can go into a program straight away with Finn Balor. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And that's, that's where he can prove himself to whoever Abs- he needs to prove himself to. Absolutely set it on fire, but um, I don't think they're going to have time for Finn Balor um, because Roman Reigns will now be taking up um, roughly 45 minutes of SmackDown every week <laughs> um, as he has moved to the blue brand. Um, Which then he can be injected into the top pitch straight away. You're right, they found a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes perfect sense. Um, who is You're the current right. SmackDown champion? It's Kofi Kingston, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so he's going to have to wait for, I don't know, maybe he's going to end up as Kofi Kingston's enforcer or maybe maybe Kevin Owens is running a game, is gaming, um, is gaming um, the New Day to try and get a title shot um or something like that i don't know the way it's going to work out is the moment the moment a heel touches that title roman reigns is going to take it off him yeah 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 shadow of a doubt the only real question is is are they going to do it into are they going to do it at SummerSlam or are they going to do it um you know at night of champions (laughs) that's the only real question for me yeah yeah well Probably SummerSlam because it's a bigger one, isn't it? Yeah, but that would mean that Kofi Kingston would have to lose it on the pay-per-view before SummerSlam. Yeah. Which yeah, sounds like right. something they'd do. Yeah. Or maybe maybe they're just going to turn him heel. Maybe now With is Kofi. the time. No, no, Roman, maybe now is the time. I've been saying that already. Like it, This should turn him heel. I mean, he's got the crowd behind him now. They're all cheering for him. Switch it and they'll boom, boom out the building. Yeah, but I mean, then again, you've got every single um, straight white beta male in all of wrestling fandom currently waiting for um, a socially acceptable reason to boo Roman. Um, and once they get <laughs> that socially acceptable reason to boo Roman, they'll never cheer him again. So they might not want to. <laughs> Just my thoughts. Um, Roman Reigns came um, in a um, segment towards the end of SmackDown. There were other people who did jump to the blue brand. Um, I'm going to circle back to Roman Reigns momentarily. Um, Of course, I have missed out Lars Sullivan. I'm glad to hear that he is feeling better. Um, Thoughts on Lars Sullivan? Is he green or is he not when it comes to this, do you feel? Yes. Is he too green for the blue brand? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, because <laughs> because it's the same brand that has Otis and Tucker on it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> yeah, play. they're just going to keep throwing him with squash matches. It's just going to squash everyone. Yeah. Squash everyone, and then probably get put into the main title picture. He probably is going to be the one to take the title of Kofi. I'm going to throw that out there now. Yeah. I mean, and then I... Roman Reigns will beat Lars Sullivan. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that would be the logical way of doing it. Um, basically, they have to give Roman, they have to get that title to Roman Reigns, um, and much like one of those one of those puzzles where you have to get a fox, a chicken, and um, a bag of grain across a river, WWE are currently sat there drawing diagrams on the back of um, Gerald Briscoe's balding head as we speak. I am 100% sure of that and completely agree with you. Um, pleasant surprise for everyone except um, Beard, of course. Um, Kyrie Sane um, was an acquisition for SmackDown, the Pirate Princess. Thoughts? Just for another tag team. Just <laughs> with um, Oscar, with Paige as the manager. What a random thing to happen. Ah, that's peculiar, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The, like Is the it... Pirates of Tomorrow or something stupid. Oh. <laughs> that's what I call them anyway. But, um, yeah, no tag team straight away. That's who's going to be going up against the Iconics soon. Hmm. The team of Oscar and Kyrie Sane. To be fair. Page to be as fair. the manager. To be fair, had they have moved, um, had they moved Asker over to Raw, then they would have just done the same thing, but with Ember Moon. So you know, it's pretty much all you can say about it, really, isn't it? Um, Ember Moon, of course, um, has also gone to SmackDown. Does anyone care about Ember Moon at this point? Nope. Cool. I didn't uh, really rate her when she was on on um, NXT. Anyway, I quite liked her on NXT, but. It's another case of oversaturation. There is just too much. There are too many talents on this roster. There really are. Um, yeah. Bailey. 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 So she went. She went to SmackDown. That's the end of the Boston Hood connection. But then, do they have the, the, the selves to blame for that, or? Um, well, you know. I don't know. I mean, let's go through this. Um, let's quickly have a look at this Sasha Banks situation um, while we're while we're touching on this, of course. Um, so Sasha Banks recently um, recently has been quite vocal in some of the things that she's been doing in regards to um, in regards to her hatred of the situation on the back of losing. Um, losing the title match um, with was, Bailey, it, just to more, hmm? sorry, uh, it, was, it was more because they were promised that they would be um, defending those titles in the, in the, um, Dubai. I think it was they hmm. were promised that they were, were going to have a lengthy run. Yeah, of course, and they didn't get one. Hmm. It's so very, in protest, very strange. They lied on laying on the floor in protest. Apparently, hmm. Rimirendo. Yeah, that's what they did. Yeah, it was it was said to be a backstage incident um, occurring on the um, well at WrestleMania 35 that it apparently occurred. Um, so you got um, eight, 7th of April, the Boston Hug Collection lose their women's tag team championship um, to the Iconics after a reign of just 49 days. On the 9th of April, reports are that Banks is unhappy following a backstage incident at WrestleMania 35. Um, 12th of April. 
Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer Newsletter states, My name is Dave Meltzer and I complete Tossa. And also, Sasha attempted to quit WWE over the weekend and was told to take time off in the hope that she had to reconsider. Um, meanwhile, Pro Wrestling Sheets' Ryan Satin states that the Mania aftermath saw Banks and Bailey laying on the locker room floor at Mania complaining loudly. Banks unfollowed WWE and followed AEW on Twitter. Brad Shepard on the 13th of April claimed that Sasha had informed WWE she wouldn't be turning up for the following week's tapings and as of the 17th of April the latest piece of news we've got um, per Dave Meltzer WWE have banks penciled in for money in the bank on the 19th of May but there is no guarantee she will actually show up um, obviously we covered a slight bit about her Twitter habits last week um, she hasn't really um, made anything else public other than the fact that she doesn't want to be with the WWE at the moment um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's anything else we can say about this other than just rounding up what's going on because it's all just speculation beyond that isn't it yeah pretty much I mean apparently she's been promised a, a big win if, when she comes back but well, we'll have to see. Well, yeah, I mean, the current the current thoughts are that um, WWE feel very confident um, that she will be um, that she will be returning um, shortly as a result. Um, but that could that could mean a myriad of things. Um, I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure they were very confident um, that Dean Ambrose would resign. But he didn't. <laughs> reportedly he didn't yes um yeah. <laughs> of course um elias um was quoted as being the biggest acquisition um the biggest acquisition on smackdown um by vince mcmahon in the closing segment um obviously um this was followed by roman reigns's music hit and roman reigns super punching both elias and Vince McMahon, they are in Montreal after all. Um, and then spearing Elias once Elias got back up. Um, did you see the segment? Um, I didn't see it. I was just got to fair play. Play. I mean, my my, in the face. my only concern is that Vince um, Vince's actions were pretty hard to understand um, throughout. Uh, he's becoming more and more. Like an old man who's... Do you know who he's reminding me of? He's reminding me of that guy who runs NXT UK. What's his name? (laughs) Johnny Saint. Johnny Saint. He is reminding me more and more of Johnny Saint than Vince McMahon now. Um, like, so Roman Reigns comes into the ring. Right? Elias obviously hunches down as if he's ready to fight. Now, the natural thing for the Mr. McMahon character to do would be to continue to hold his microphone and kind of look puzzled and ask Roman Reigns why he is interrupting, right? Mm-hmm. What he instead does is kind of go into the corner and hunch his shoulders as if he's raring to fight him, as if he's a fighting, as if he's a wrestler, um, and waits. Um, and it's quite visible that obviously Vince McMahon is going to get punched. Um, it's it's very peculiar. First off, why would Vince McMahon? be present at SmackDown in particular, um, why would he introduce Elias as the biggest um, 
you know, as the biggest um, superstar on the brand. I mean, from a business perspective, that wouldn't make any sense for his character. Um, why would he be trying to keep down Roman Reigns in any way, shape, or form, or kind of sneak him under the rug onto SmackDown? None of it makes any fucking sense. Uh, from a character perspective. Yeah, okay, from a character perspective, you're making a really good point. Yeah. But maybe that just doing the whole, oh, it's just Roman Reigns, he's got to build himself back up thing, like we want them to do. Well, that would, that would be fine happen, if but... Vince McMahon actually, actually gave any kind of inference that that was the case, but he didn't. He just introduced Elias as if the closing segment was going to be Elias. Um, props to Elias, though, of course, because he did, um, he did once again, um, once again foreshadow through his poetry, who he was going to be interrupted by. And I'm liking that habit from him, of course. Um, we saw it with The Undertaker. Um, the next person to interrupt me will be the dead man. And in this instance, um, he said, um, I, I believe it was something along the lines of, um, although, my reign on, although my reign on Raw has been cut short, um, and then shortly after Roman Reigns interrupted him, um, it was... It's interesting. I quite like that. Um, although I don't think everybody's picking up on it. Um, I certainly am. Um, and it's kind of cool. Have you noticed this or is this I something? Have, you... I have, yeah. yeah, it's quite cool, I isn't it? I have noticed it. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, I don't oh. know how you can't pick it up, to be fair. Oh, fair play. Oh, well, maybe I'm just enjoying something that I'm supposed to be enjoying like a fucking idiot then. Stupid, stupid, stupid mark. Clapping my hands like a like a trained seal. Um, Intercontinental <laughs> champion Finn Balor, of course, is the final acquisition we've got to talk about today. Sporting a, a very very nice pair of SmackDown blue pants, um, he went and had a little tussle um, for the Intercontinental Championship. I have no idea who with because I wasn't paying that much attention. Um, thoughts on Finn <laughs> Balor um, appearing on SmackDown and now being with the blue brand? Well, it gets him away from Bobby Lashley. That's true. It does get him away so from can, that so car crash of a human being. Exactly. And now you can just get on with some new feuds. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, if you didn't move him, it was just going to be them over and over again. Yeah, no, again. You're, you're very much correct. There's I mean, no rematches, though. I mean, in, on a two-hour show, um, on a two-hour show, um, the majority of Finn Balor's feuds will most likely be with um, the writers who he will be feuding with to try and get some fucking time on TV because he had enough trouble getting some fucking time on TV on a three-hour show um, for the majority of last year. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest feud that Finn Balor enters into this year as fighting those guys and trying to get some time on TV. But I've got a championship. Oh, your championship doesn't matter because it's on you, Finn. That'll be the, that'll be the conversation. Um, unless, of course, it was the Road Dog who was holding him down on Monday Night Raw, as the Road Dog has reportedly left his writer's position within the WWE. Are you aware of this? I am, yeah. Um, he's, he's stepped down as head writer. The other, well, co-head writer, the other one quit. Um, hall, halfway through Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. um, um, Do we know why? Yeah. I think uh, Road Dog quit because he's fed up with Vince, changing everything all the time. Hmm. 
and the other guy got his head chewed off um, by Vince McMahon mm. within the Hall of Fame, and he just quit, basically. Oh, fair play. Um, yeah, PWI Insider has asserted one day ago that the Road Dog is taking an extended break from the WWE. It's not been... Um, it's not been confirmed exactly as to um, why he's still under contract with the WWE. Um, however, knowing the WWE is more likely to be um, utilized in a different capacity from this point moving forward, um, I couldn't tell you how. Um, but He's meant to be going into a role where he can just basically go into each behind-the-scene kind of role basically so he's going to be playing more of a what's the word i'm looking for talent relations kind of guy kind of i guess so yeah he's going to be basically they're going to put him in every single kind of job there is behind the scenes and see where he fits best yeah that's, that's what i've heard ah well or where he has the least amount of contact with vince i suppose yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, uh, if rumour and innuendo is, of course, to Janitor. be believed. <laughs> the road dog, Jesse Janitor. Um, <laughs> cool. I think that pretty much wraps up the whole superstar shakeup thing. Apart from, of course, should I stay or should I go? Of course. Um, so, Roman Reigns, should he stay or should he go? Stay. Finn Balor, stay or go? I'm going to say stay. I'm going to tentatively say stay. However, ask me again at SummerSlam. See how he's used for the next three months. We should definitely go back over it. Mm. SummerSlam. Yeah, that sounds like um, that sounds like good fun. I'll, I'll I'll make up a spreadsheet and we can compare our answers throughout the year. Um, Elias, stay or go? Oh, stay. Cool. Bailey. Hello. I'm still here, Bailey. Okay, cool. Um, Bailey. Um, <laughs> was that thinking time? Wednesday. No, it wasn't thinking time. Um, I think I disconnected. Oh, okay. Um, so. Maybe. Bailey, so you're saying stay? Keep her head down. <laughs> yeah, no, keep she her head go. down. She's been yeah. underutilised. Yeah, she has been massively underutilised, but then name me a woman who hasn't, other than Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. Um, Ember Moon, stay or go? Lacey Evans. <laughs> I think Lacey Evans has had the perfect position considering her performance at Royal Rumble. She just won a number one contendership match as well, isn't it? So she is officially the number one contender for the um, Raw Women's title. Well, someone's got to get squashed first, haven't they? Um, I don't think there's the. I don't know. There could be a surprise win, but she's she's fighting for the Raw Women's Championship, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to stop. Should I stay or should I go right here and ask? What were WWE thinking with this whole unifying the women's title thing? They already they're not have... unified. Well, they're not unified. Sorry, sorry. With this two-belt Becky, two Becky thing. Yeah, two-belt Becky. What were they actually thinking? Because now you have a champion who is 
essentially pulling double shift yeah. with a roster that is overstacked with women who are underutilized. Correct. Why? Why? <laughs> because they had to make history for the first time for the for the main event for women uh, WrestleMania main event. And what better way of doing it than bringing all the titles into it? Is it is it just their way of trying to justify the fact that there was a woman's women's main event? Do you think that yeah, somewhere they literally threw everything at it just so people would, be, would want to be interested in it? But, but people were interested anyway. Yeah, exactly. It, the, the the feud could have gone on with no belt, and it would have been a main yeah. event. It it could I mean, have carried a main event. In fact, it, in my opinion, the belts may have weakened it. Both of them may have weakened it. They were saying Charlotte's bringing nothing to the table, so they slapped the belt on her. Well, Charlotte was bringing nothing to the table, with or without the belt. That that match should have always been a two. That should have always been a two-hander. Putting Charlotte yeah, yeah. into it in order to manufacture. Uh, manufacture some kind of Becky is Stone Cold Steve Austin she's so hard done to style storyline was very inappropriate of WWE especially considering how much they overused that storyline in that it was the same storyline on both shows they they caused this situation Lacey Evans as the Raw Women's Champion way too soon um Maybe I I reckon she's good enough that she could probably cover it up as long as they don't put her in any three-way or four-way matches. But still, what an absolute fucking joke. Well, it would be a joke if she did, she does actually win. But if, if you look at uh, the roster on WWE, Becky's still SmackDown, so she's not a free agent or anything. Mm. So, yeah. So it would make sense for the Raw title to be the one to go because she's on SmackDown. Well, I mean, they could always give it to Zelina Vega. You're joking, but she's actually a really good wrestler. (laughs) I wasn't joking. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or Naomi, or, you know. Someone. Yeah. Although I'm hoping, (laughs) my fingers are crossed, that Naomi is going to become part of the Viking experience. That would make sense. The glowing Viking experience. Yeah. No. Of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, that to me, the neon Vikings experience. What do you think? Get in contact with us on Twitter or Facebook and tell us all of your thoughts. We're available on Twitter and Facebook. You can also find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Um, also, some of our names might be changing on those different platforms. So enjoy. And you can subscribe. You can subscribe. That's something you should do. Subscribe. Subscribe twice. I don't care. Just keep subscribing. Tell all your friends to subscribe, even the ones who hate wrestling. Um, <laughs> so, Ember Moon, stay or go? <laughs> yeah, so Ember Moon, stay or go? Um, <laughs> that was organic, that. Wasn't it? That was just, like, that flowed. Yeah, yeah. I'm like yeah. a professional. Uh, <laughs> Professional, yeah. yeah. Ember Moon, stay totally or go. Professional, yeah. Um, 
underutilized yet again. Uh, I say stay, maybe they'll give us something to do on SmackDown. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, currently, a woman's trajectory when she goes on to the main roster is be introduced, get a title shot, lose that title shot, or win that title shot, or if she wins, then lose the championship three months later and disappear into the shuffle. If she loses, disappear into the shuffle without the three months title reign. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. Just Sounds like a WWE logic right there. Sort your shit out, WWE. Um, Kyrie Sane, stay or go? Oh, stay. He's yeah. going to be in the Pirates of Tomorrow with Paige as the manager. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, Do you not think that's just weird to have Paige as the manager? Yeah, it does yeah. seem a little bit out of place, doesn't it? It is, unless she keeps adding people to yeah. like the Heenan family kind of thing, Paige's family, and just keeps adding wrestlers. Yeah, she could do that. Because otherwise, that's the only way it would make sense to me. Well, the only other way it would make sense is, here's what you do. All right, Kyrie Sane, all right, and Emma Moon, not Emma Moon, um, whatever her name is, Asuka, Asuka. right, they get a, like, old-school NASCAR support girls kind of kind of gimmick right um you know where they where they wear the where they wear the hot pants and the t-shirts and they come out with a giant giant cannon and stuff in order to um in order to fire stuff into the crowd and then what they fire into the crowd are all of the unsold dvds of um living wrestling with my family um then it would make sense as to why page is the manager yeah. That yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty absurd. It really is. It really is. <laughs> um so Interesting news about Paige, of course, um, comes out of ringsidenews.com um, earlier today. Um, Paige getting thrown under the bus in ongoing lawsuit. Um, this is Felix Upton. Um, Paige is back on WWE television as the manager of Asuka and Kyrie Sane on SmackDown Live. This is a great spot for her because not only will she get to be part of storylines, but she'll also be getting closer to the ring without actually being a part of the action. During the episode, during the episode of Swerve that caused a, a lawsuit, suit against Titus O'Neil. That guy's so fucking unlucky. Um, Paige was certainly part of the action. This segment saw a zapping Titus with a cattle prod where he reacted in an understandable fashion. He wasn't happy at all and ended up kicking the camera. This caused a lawsuit against Titus O'Neil because the cameraman claims that it caused an injury that cost him work. Mike Johnson explained on PW Insider Elite Audio that Paige is now being quote, thrown under the bus unquote in this lawsuit it is getting messy as well and could result in Titus actually taking WWE to court eventually quote if WWE really did book Paige and tell her yeah go zap someone with a cattle prod and see what happens that's kind of fucked up Titus is acting like yeah this was not part of the show I had no idea this was happening and the cameraman has now turned it around and said it's my belief that Paige went and did this on her own so now I'm like wait a minute so everyone is throwing Paige under the bus when you know that somebody a producer whatever said 
said, listen, this is what we're going to go film. Go do this. Apparently, WWE, they're not even representing Tyus, and Tyus is on his own, and he's going to have to possibly dis- depose people who work for the company he is contracted to, and it could possibly open up the lawsuit to Titus, might have to sue WWE over this as well. It's pretty crazy. Um WWE, well, we will have to wait to see how how things turn out. In this case, it is important to remember that WWE did not act alone in producing the Swerve series either because Jeff Tremaine, one of the minds behind Jackass, was actually an executive producer on this prank-inspired WWE-themed show. As you can see from the clip below on WWE's YouTube page, um, we'll link that in in our comments, not only did Neville call page out for assault in the segment but they also cut out titus's part entirely cool thoughts <laughs> thoughts um yeah, fucking no, ridiculous situation absolutely insane yeah so basically page could end up with zero cash <laughs> yeah page could end up absolutely fucked over by this um i mean to be fair page will then <sighs> If Paige ends up being considered liable for this, um, which I don't think she will, um, then I don't know. I think that the law, the legal question will be because um, it'll obviously be established that Cage, uh, because it's not like Paige just bought a cattle prod from home and started doing it, and the Swerve team well, just yeah, kind of arrived and brought in. Yeah, yeah. By the Swerve crew. So the only real question, so. the only real question, will be: Did Paige go beyond her remit within the show? Um, and you know, that's about as far as it can go. After that, it should be the liability should land in the um, should land strictly in the ballpark of whoever was producing that show but my fucking god did you even know this was going on i had no idea this was going on this is actually news to me maybe that's why titus is never on tv well (laughs) yeah i mean yeah because i mean he's a talented guy Pardon me. Um, yeah, no, he's certainly one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen. Should Titus O'Neil stay or go? I think he should just retire. He should just retire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he like 38? Well, you know, some people are good at their jobs and some people aren't. <laughs> Titus O'Neil... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Titus O'Neil is possibly the most unlucky man in wrestling. Um not including the obvious choices. Um he is he just can't get a break, can he? Nah. He spends nearly all of his time talking about what happened. Um and it was it's usually shenanigans. It's usually like grade A shenanigans as well. It's like could I I think this is the thing. I don't think he's ever gonna be forgotten though because i think there's so much like there's the titus world slide thing there's the getting sacked the... do you think do you think that's going to go in the hall of fame but not titus titus <laughs> so titus world slide goes in to the hall of fame but yeah no, but that, could, doesn't. that could that could be the case that could be the case yeah yeah um, i think that will be the case <laughs> Kyrie saying stay or go. Um, you said stay. Um, yeah. Lars Sullivan, stay or go. I think stay. Stay. Yeah. Buddy Murphy, stay or go. Stay. Liv Morgan, stay or go. Retire. Chad Gable, <laughs> stay, go or retire. 
stay go or retire? Um, should I, think I you should stay, stay or should I go or retire? Um, my, my view may change. But you're saying um, Chad Gable should stay. Stamps. At the moment, should stay at the moment, yeah. Apollo Crews, stay or go? Um, same thing, really. Just stay at the moment, see what happens. Mickey James, retire, yeah? Yeah. Otis? Retire. Tucker? Retire. Okay, AJ Styles, <laughs> stay or go? Oh, um, well, I guess stay. He's, he's going to end up with a universal title. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the Miz, stay or go? Um, stay. I don't think anyone else would give him a, a fucking job. Like, his entire gimmick is the fact that he's the Miz and he's in WWE. Like what would it? Yeah. What would his gimmick be if he went somewhere else? That's an interesting idea. What would Miz's gimmick be if he ended up in Ring of Honor? I always wanted I to be in the WWE, and now I've failed. I mean, he wouldn't suit Ring of Honor, I don't think. Or anywhere. It'd be a really weird fit. Um, He's like. I now I think about it, the Miz is actually the one wrestler who would not survive in any other wrestling promotion because his gimmick just wouldn't fit it. Um, his gimmick and his history would not I mean, fit it. He could use the A-lister until he dies, really. Um, he'd fit in, possibly, maybe, no, not even Impact anymore. His, uh, his style's took, took wrong. A drastic change. His style would be uh, wrong for it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, he should just stay at WWE forever. Yeah, there's nothing else he can do. I, I don't. I genuinely don't think he could get a job at his dad's flipping burgers. Probably not. No. no. Ricochet, stay or go? Stay. I think it doesn't matter because he's going to make shitloads no matter where he goes. Um, Alistair Black, stay or go? Stay. Eric. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, stay. Ivar. Ivar, stay. Andrade. Stay. Zelina Vega. Stay. Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. I say... Stay. I say go. I preferred his work stay. in New Japan. Mm, yeah, yeah. He's a little bit homogenized um, there. I see where you're coming from. But I think he's on his lap, running, so... Yeah, no, nah, he's, he's That's fair. That's why he's in the E. Yeah. Um, Usos. I would love to see them. Day. I would love to see them go. But I, I, I agree they should, for their careers, stay, along with Naomi, obviously, at this point. Um, EC3, stay or go? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely stay. No, you should get the hell out of there. Yeah, no, I mean, that that is a fucking dumpster fire um, as far as his career is concerned. of talent. Waste of everything. Like, just a waste of everyone's time. I mean, at least if, if you got somebody in the position that they're putting EC3 in, like, why even bother? Why not just, you know, why not just not have him on TV? You know, it's not like they haven't got someone whose entire gimmick is to lose. Like, for instance, Kurt Hawkins, who they could just as easily bury repeatedly to put over Braun Strowman. Yeah. You know, that's I mean, that's the thing. You create a character whose gimmick is that he always loses, and then you have EC3, whose who's gimmick is that he's in the top 1%, but apparently that top 1% also always loses. 
Yep. Lacey Evans, stay or go? Retire. <laughs> Eric Young. Interesting. Uh, I, I was calling for when for, um, Eric Young came to NXT to put him in a faction and be a leader of a faction. Mm. I would have liked to have seen the bearded terror leader faction. Uh, the creation that came out of Sanity, which Eric Young that was, was the bearded terror, but a really delusional bearded terror. Um, mm. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with him as a singles competitor because you just need to give him a mic. Let him talk. Yeah. I reckon he's really talented. Yeah. I think he's I, really I good. Really but like he's, he's, he's kind of pushing 40, over 40 now. I think he could be I think so, he could be very good, though. He does scare me when he looks into the camera. Um, so I just... His facial expressions are always on board. Yeah, they are, they are spot on every time. I just want to... Um, in fact, let's just say one more. Um, Cedric Alexander, stay or go. Oh, stay. Cool. Um, I'm surprised at how many stayed, but that's fair. Um, so er er Eric Young, on his bio on WWE, I'm just going to read it to you. Um, Eric Young is ready to tear down Raw. The former heavyweight champion made an immediate impact on NXT when he unleashed a chaotic crew known as Sanity on Octo in October 2016. Under Young's command, the group, which consists of Killian Day, Nikki Cross, and Alexander Wolfe, threatened to destabilize NXT at every turn, much to the delight of the NXT universe. From the authors of Pain to Undisputed Era, many of NXT's superstars felt the consequences of being on Young's bad side. Together with his twisted pack, Young unleashed anarchy on Team Blue. Now he's come to Raw as a result of the 2019 Superstar Shake-Up. There is no <laughs> telling what level of madness the volatile superstar has prepared. Team Red, beware. Um, <laughs> yeah, what can you say? <laughs> they didn't really, really do much damage on the blue brand well, let's face it they were never on tv yeah well apparently that's anarchy you know maybe maybe they were off like <laughs> well, not being on tv <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe it was in catering causing a ruckus. <laughs> yeah. perhaps they were just you know spray painting dogs or something in the park in the car park <laughs> <laughs> they started doing nwa but remember they were sanity yeah exactly that oh dear me well that pretty much covers alexander wolf Actually, has um, he's outright said that it's the end of Sma um, Liana, um, sanity, hasn't he? And uh, he's leaving. Yeah, he wants to leave. Um, so yeah. I've heard. Um, there's in fact several people who are currently making noises about wanting to leave. Obviously, we've got we've got Young, um, we've got Sasha Banks, um, we've got obviously um, someone else. So, you know. <laughs> Luke Harper. Luke Harper. Thank you very much. Um, do you think that? Do you think that this is kind of partly down to AEW, um, or do you think that this is? Do you think this would have started happening about now anyway? I mean, we've got an oversaturated roster. We've got we've got an absolutely god awful business model. Um, complete and utter homogenization across the brand and it's impossible for superstars to make any form of impact um do you think that aw is kind of the catalyst or do you think it's the cause or do you think it's got nothing to do with aw do you think it's just if there wasn't an aw this wouldn't be happening 
Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm... This is a, this is only started when AEW were you know announced as a company. Yeah, um, that's true. They're that be... all trying. Well, well, some of them seem to be trying to use it as leverage, mm. um, but apparently WWE don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, no. That's... It's like the, most of the people that want to leave are pushing forty. Mm. So they've got what another six years possibly yeah and they want yeah, to make a bigger impact really than just necessarily being some guy in a mid card exactly and they're going to have that that place to do it but even AEW isn't doing that well at the moment I mean their uh, sales for their up and coming uh, show I've forgotten what it's called um, it's not showing very well mm. at all I mean they've got their front seats at $800 front row seats $800 mm. the cheapest ones are 40 yeah Yes, yeah, so yeah, that one hasn't sold out, and I think they're surprised by that because it's a smaller venue than All In. Yeah, of course. Um, I think maybe it's the maybe it's the hype train kind of taking them over, as it were. Yep. I mean, exactly. It's it's always a problem when you know people. Um, People kind of overhype something like that. I mean, um, Alexander um, Wolf, by the way, as we mentioned earlier, is actually is actually indicating that he's possibly leaving WWE as well. Um, he actually tweeted goodbye hashtag WWE. Um, he did, which could be an indication that he's going back to NXT. Mm, yeah, possibly, but um, just like getting a new gimmick, rebranding him. Yeah, possibly. Although, possibly, it's, this is the thing. We talk about getting new gimmicks. People don't have gimmicks in WWE anymore. They just have names. And one name. So, could be called Wolf soon. Yeah, could be called, could be called, could be called... Xander. Yeah. Yeah. Xand. Yep, Zand. Could name that. Zand. That's what they're going to call them. Zannies. Um, so, um, so I'm just going to read a piece that's um, got a lot of, if you don't mind me doing so, um, got quite a bit of um, got quite a bit of traction on social media and the shares and likes and all of those kind of things. Um, it's an article by Michael Sedgwick, um, who's the former Power Slam magazine scribe um, and author of Development Hell: The NXT Story, which um, obviously was one of the um, better-selling wrestling books um, last year. Um, <clears throat> and I, 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 when I read it, I felt it was just such a kind of interesting view um, that we may we may want to discuss it slightly. Feel free to interrupt me as I go through this, because um, it's fairly long. There's about five. There's about 15 paragraphs. So. Um, WrestleMania, to its creative detriment, is the endurance festival aimed at talent who have endured the year-long schedule. It's a thank you of sorts. The talents get mainstream exposure, a handsome payday, and the opportunity to perform in front of the largest crowd of the year. This kickoff gambit is no longer working. No less than three performers have requested their release in one and a half weeks following WrestleMania 35. The striking definitive trend of 2019 is multiplying. The timing is telling. Morale is plummeting during what is historically a time of celebration and renewed operation uh, opportunity. Sasha Banks attempted to walk out over Mania 
WrestleMania weekend, feeling let down by WWE's decision to strip the boss and hook connection of the women's tag team champion titles. She's effectively dreamt into a, into existence. Luke Dillinger, Sorry, Luke Harper has astutely followed the successful precedent set by Ty Dillinger in publicizing his <laughs> desire to leave. He appeared to thank WWE in a heartfelt message. The subtext reveals otherwise. It reads like a challenge. You release Ty, so release me. Alexander Wolf was more cryptic in his Twitter message. Irrespective of where he lands, NXT or the independent circuit, his goodbye hashtag WWE sign-off reads like a desperate plea to go somewhere, anywhere, that isn't a main roster show on which he is conflated with an entry-level indie talent cosplaying as security. That that Miz angle really was something. Wolf and the rest of Sanity found themselves right back where they started from, staring both their past and the future in the face. This is a strange subversion of the old spring cleaning practice. In 2019, the roster is purging itself. It's all backwards. This becomes a theme. This all feels inevitable, weirdly, even if it represents remarkable paradigm shift few saw coming. WWE cannot push every performer at the same time, and every WWE performer, or at least character, in this post-NXT environment is in the orbit of stardom. We are removed from even the old development days, in which performers exclusively trained by WWE was promoted to the main roster via vignette and entered the system equipped with the knowledge that it would take years, if ever, to reach the pinnacle. These Those called up to the main roster have tasted success in NXT, and this success has created an expert expectation among their fans within the narrative infrastructure of the flagship virtually every character is championship caliber many talents are in reality too creating an implacable roster that grows in number every week this elite roster of talent didn't join wwe to job but somebody has to the greed of the raid has forced wwe to regurgitate and now everybody feels queasy it's chronically backwards you used to start at the bottom work your way up under this new framework talents debut at the top and then race to the bottom so much else is backwards too intensifying the malaise a talent develops a set of skills with which they alert wwe in the first place wwe strips away many of those skills via a scripted promos and road agent regulation when a talent becomes champion in wwe they lose is this reaching its inevitable conclusion is wwe itself once the only destination now just a launch pad i could carry on it's a fantastic article um i'm sure you'd be happy if i did if i'm honest but i think that's um quite a question to stop to stop my current verbatim reading it um what do you think to that as 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 a presupposition? There we go. I managed to say it the second time. Jay. <laughs> Jay. <laughs> What's your yeah, thoughts, Jay? What, what, what do you actually think, Beard? I just can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Beard. Um, I don't know. I guess she's kind of hit on the head, isn't yeah, she? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Absolutely spot on. You, you, get, like, you get promised the world and then it just gets taken away from you. Yeah. With the click of a finger. Mm. Vince's finger. Mm. Um, 
It goes on to... I, don't, I can't say anything against that. Yeah, no, it's pretty much spot on, isn't it? It goes on to say that yeah. um, this may read as utterly absurd, but the most critically acclaimed singles and tag performers on the planet, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, objective draws in an industry that can barely calculate what that means anymore, opted not to sign with WWE earlier this year. The Revival, Ty Dillinger, Mike and Maria Canales, the club, Dean Ambrose, all have officially or allegedly elected to or demanded to leave before this week's want-away trio scorch social media. They're... I mean, Maria has, has said um, that's a lie. They haven't asked for it mm. on, on Twitter, but you don't know what's true. Well, yeah, so... this is very true. This is an industry that blends, you know, that blends this and everything else, really, doesn't it? Reality and kayfabe, so... Um, yeah. And they're all acutely aware that progression is impossible. Investment is future for fans and talent alike. Beyond WrestleMania 35, which we'll get to, when did you, as a WWE fan, last share in the triumph of a main roster superstar? And again, it is, it's a profound question. I'm not going to not gonna take this whole thing verbatim. I think I'm going to have to stop it there. But, I mean, there'll be a link in our comments to this. Um, I feel it's probably one of the better um, editorials um, that anybody's written in quite a while in regards to this issue because it's not quite as sensationalist as we have come to love and expect from our wrestling press. <sighs> they are right. They are right. I mean, when you build up a star, put them in a championship position on a lower card roster and then have them lose that championship, obviously they leave the territory on the back, but then they're promoted to the main roster and they're promoted as if they are championship material because the first thing you hear about them is former NXT champion, former Cruiserweight champion, former yeah. NXT UK champion. And then these, their fans almost end up flummoxed when you get talent like Shinsuke Nakamura um, two years later being in a tag team with Rusev. Is this? Is there another way of doing this? Hmm. It's interesting you to say that. Another way of doing it, as in... As in... Well, they, they shouldn't throw... Um, they shouldn't build them... I would say would build them back up. Um, mm. But not slowly. Um, maybe over a couple of months. Uh, building them up to some kind of championship instead of being thrown straight in. Um, in into matches and also winning every single one um i don't know maybe maybe i don't know what i'm talking about here i think um my thoughts are <laughs> that maybe they should be a, they should have a bit more of a solid plan my th that's my thoughts i think in addition to that um i think maybe you mean actually actually have something a storyline base for them for when they come yeah up. otherwise don't call them instead up. of just going yeah 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 no, that'd be entirely my thoughts or put them off tv for a while you know, I mean, possible. I mean, this is just a thought, but I would imagine that out of Ricochet, Alistair Black, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gorgano, the person who benefits the most from the fact that they are injured and will probably be called up to the main roster after that um, will probably be Tommaso Ciampa. I reckon he will benefit more than anyone else if he does get called up to the main roster after his injury, if he bypasses NXT completely, he will, he will be further up that card than Alistair Black or Ricochet will be. 
because he will have been off TV right. for a while. Mm, yeah, that's that would be my thought. Yeah, so it's like it's like the epic return. Yeah, um, but still, people who do watch the main show, a lot of people still don't watch NXT. This is true, but I mean, people don't need to know Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, if people knew War Raiders, you know, then the Viking experience would wouldn't be necessary. You know what I mean? Hmm. It, yeah. it just all seems to be backwards. Is what is what is being indicated, I think. And it's yeah. I don't know. I don't. I think we've talked long enough about this. Um, I Luke Harper. Um, I recently saw him on Worlds Collide. Um, he is incredibly over. Um, still. Well, yeah. No, he's yeah, definitely. Um, and he put on. Has been he, for a while, yeah, and he? he put on a he put on an absolute big man classic, probably the best big man match that I've seen in WWE for a very long time um, with um, with Dominic Dijakovic um, oh, on yeah, Worlds yeah, Collide. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, I would be very excited to see him go to AEW. Very excited. Out of everybody who's been mentioned so far. Um, Barring maybe Dean Ambrose, Luke Harper is the one that I would be very excited to see go to AEW. I would love to see what he could end up doing with Cody, um, maybe even in a handicap match against the Young Bucks, um, or just any of the other talent on that roster. Um, he would be fantastic. Jungle Boy. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Put him in a tag team with Jungle Boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they could be the Junglers. Yeah, yeah. They could be the. Yeah. They could be the Jungle Brothers. Give them both hammers made out of vines. <laughs> what were your thoughts on World, Worlds Collide? Have you had a chance to give it a go? Um, oh, about the second episode. It's all right. I, it was good to see um, AHC, who is now Albert, someone junior. Oh yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah. Um, he oh, yeah. he put on a very good show in that three-way match. Um, He's come from ROH. Like oh, okay. Um, no, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed yeah. him. Um, to be honest, what I do like about that show, um, and it's something you get a taste of on NXT, um, and something you get a taste of um, with. Um, 205 to some extent as I did watch 205 this week um, but Worlds Collide is the one show where the wrestling is all that matters um, and you actually get four or five consistently well put together matches um, and I can't argue with it I really enjoy it, there's no adverts in between stuff, they literally go from one match to another, it is bare bones production mm-hmm. and to me I cannot wait for the next WWE access to hit to hit what I imagine will be um what I imagine will be um Brooklyn um come SummerSlam if SummerSlam is in Barclays again this year, is it? I is don't it? know, let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> da, 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 da. Let's find out right now. Um SummerSlam. They may have moved it actually. That might explain why they have um, why they had WrestleMania there. Um, SummerSlam, SummerSlam, blah, blah, blah. Oh. oh. 
It's actually at the Scotiabank Arena, um, which I would assume is Nova Scotia. Hello. That yeah. seems like a really, well, really, yeah. really kind of Scotia, Scotia <laughs> Bank Arena. Just heard it's really sunny. Oh, it's um Toronto. It's not Nova Scotia. Oh, they're having summer slam in yeah. Toronto. Right. Um, looking at it, Scotia Bank is. Scotiabank is a 20,000-seater. Um, Toronto is obviously an A-plus city, um, which means they will sell out if they haven't already. Um, I don't think there's much else you can say about it, really. Um, makes sense for them to do it in another kind of smaller venue. Um, means they can get they can rent that venue for a whole whole period. Um, Two days. Well, it's four, isn't it? <laughs> because, of course, they do NXT... As well in the same building, so yeah. Although, yeah, no, it could be five if they do run SummerSlam for two days. Um, that would be that would be a great idea. <laughs> oh, I'm glad <laughs> I came up with it. Right. <laughs> oh dearie. Um, speaking of Canada, obviously, Viceland this week um, had episode two of um their tv hit tv tv series thingy what's it um dark side of the ring um before i talk about that as well as um njpw before we have that discussion um some messages from our sponsors which surprise surprise it's me and jay again hey bear what are you doing why beard I checking out Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocketcast, Radio Republica, and Stitcher, which is where you can find the Beard and Bear Power Hour. What wow. Did, I know. Isn't it just amazing? It is. We're on so many different platforms. I know. Were you aware we are also available on Twitter and YouTube? Crazy. Isn't it just? That's why every single morning I like to go on those sites, unsubscribe, and then subscribe again so I can have that wonderful experience of subscribing over to us. Over and again. Exactly. And you'll want to do that too. Definitely try subscribing. It feels great. And unsubscribing, subscribing again. <laughs> well, no, don't actually unsubscribe. <laughs> well, actually, just subscribe. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's Thanks. Cool. We're, we're happy to do that. Thanks. Bit of error. And we are back with Beard and Bear. Beard. Bear. Bear. Beard and Bear. Oh. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the, the beer money, but it. Beard. Bear thing. But yeah, beer oh, money. I don't know. Money. Don't know what that is. Well, maybe I'll listen as well. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, um, obviously, this week is week two of um, Viceland's Dark Side of the Ring. Um, this week, they were focusing on the Montreal Screwjob, um, which... To be fair, it was probably the right episode to do that. They did the Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth thing, um, which most of the storyline is 
most of that whole thing is reality and not reality blending together. Um, kayfabe and non-kayfabe work and shoot just kind of falling together um, with mm. Macho Man's insistence of keeping kayfabe throughout his career. Um, <clears throat> Montreal Screwjob is the first time that this all kind of falls apart as it were, um, and the the curtain is pulled back. So it makes sense for them to put so this to episode... Speak. Yeah, uh, it makes sense for them to put this episode here. Um, the, th- the main thing that came out of this, um, other than the fact that we weren't forced, force-fed the WWE narrative about the Montreal Screwjob, probably for the first time um, in a long time for many people... That was the interesting part about this. Yeah, I, I still yeah. to watch the last fifteen minutes. The important bit, apparently. Um, yeah, I mean, so the standard story. Let's go through the standard Montreal Screwjob story for anybody who has been living under a rock or not watching wrestling for the last twenty-five years. Um, however, Vince McMahon um, going into Survivor Series. Well, a year before Vince McMahon had offered Bret Hart a twenty-year contract for one point. $5 million per year. Um, it was slightly less um, on the immediate than WCW had offered Bret Hart to um, defect. However, Bret valued loyalty. Um, sadly, round about, um, round about WrestleMania time, it became quite clear to Vince McMahon that he was not going to be able to honor it as that agreement was taking a large portion of his bottom line. Um, and certainly with the direction that the company was going in, a much more stone-cold um, stone cold at his hood era kind of kind of direction um, rather than the youth movement direction that they were going in only a year before when they made this deal um, it meant that this contract was no longer viable so as a result Bret Hart had to um, had to sign with WCW um, Vince McMahon was honorable during this situation um, but Bret Hart had other plans um it turned out that survivor series was going to be his last date for a pay-per-view show um and it was just so happened that it was in montreal um so as a result um brett with the title at the time was set to drop it in montreal um time on a tradition of going out on one's back um which he wanted to renege on um, to some degree as he did not want to lose in Montreal to Shawn Michaels with whom he had a fairly hefty wad of animosity with. As a result, um, there was a big showdown between Vince McMahon and Bret Hart, a bit of a stalemate situation where Bret Hart did not want to lose the title to Shawn Michaels at the show where he had to lose the title to Shawn Michaels. Not because Vince McMahon didn't trust Bret Hart necessarily um, going over to WCW with the title, but because he didn't necessarily trust Eric Bischoff, this was, of course, less than two years um, away from Medusa um, defecting to WCW, or I say defecting, Vince McMahon accidentally sacking Alondra Blaze um, when she had the belt 
And of course, as a result, Medusa appearing on WCW Nitro and throwing said belt in the bin. Oh, how far the division has come since then. <laughs> he knows who the champion is now, so that's all right. Yeah, no, of course, of course. At least, <laughs> at least on, um, at least on his main brands, he knows who the champions are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, I think he's not going to forget who the champions were, considering this, this. Um, situation with Sasha Banks, of course. Um, <laughs> so, as a result, we got to um, Survivor Series night. Um, the the official WWE story is that Shawn Michaels, um, Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon, and Gerald Briscoe and Triple H were in a room talking about how they were going to get this title off Brett. Brett was refusing um, to give up the belt to Shawn Michaels. And what was what had been agreed with Brett Hart was that Brett Hart would keep the title um, in Montreal and forfeit the belt on Monday Night Raw the following night with his contract ending that Friday. Um, Bruce Pritchard... Um, does assert that Bret Hart's Bret Hart had a limited number of dates um, as a result of his exit strategy. Um, he also had creative control as a result of his existing um, as a as a result of his existing contract with Vince McMahon, the one that Vince McMahon was buying himself out of. Um, so as a result, um, Bruce Pritchard does specify that Bret Hart would have most likely have had to have um, done that appearance on Monday Night Raw as um, a special appearance that would have would have obviously um, not been contractually obliged. So that's Bruce Pritchard's take on it. Um, <clears throat> Shawn Michaels and Triple H assert that Triple H was the guy who said, if he doesn't want to do business, we'll have to do business for him. And then um, after that, they're off to the races. That's the official WWE story. Um, what are your thoughts on this story that um, obviously Gerald Briscoe um, Sean Michaels, probably Pat Patterson, Vince McMahon, and um, and Triple H were the only ones who were kind of getting involved in the planning. Yeah, getting off in the planning stages. Well, from what it looks like, Sean has absolutely no idea what was going on. So I don't even think Sean knew about it, to be fair. So them saying that after that, that's fine. Mm. Oh, well, but, I mean, uh, that's... But the if you look at Sean's face throughout the whole thing, he's just like, what the fuck's going on? Well, Sean... Um, if you watch it back. Sean kind of came out um, around about 10 years ago um, on a documentary on the Screwjob on the WWE Network um, where he said that that was a worked reaction. Um, I don't know how much of that is true or how much of that is false. Um, it could just be that him saying that and that he was, in fact, in on it at that later date was in order to promote his final meeting with Bret Hart in the Royal Ring when Bret Hart was inducted exactly. into the Hall of Fame. Um, so I'm not 100% sure which way that kind of goes. Um, for those of you who still don't know what happened on the night, um, Sean and Bret wrestled a fairly heavy brawl style match at the start um, then went into um, some fairly standard wrestling um, in the ring for 
a short period of time. Um, Shawn Michaels then puts the sharpshooter on Brett. Um, Earl awkwardly puts, puts the sharpshooter. <laughs> yes, um, Shawn Michaels puts the sharpshooter on Brett. Um, Brett has to feed him his right leg because Shawn Michaels isn't quite sure how to put it on. Um, and immediately Earl Hebner rings the bell and runs out of the ring as quickly as he can, whilst Vince McMahon shouts, "Ring the fucking bell!" and um, then Bret Hart gets up and spits in Vince McMahon's face. Um, obviously, Vince McMahon had altered what the finish would be in order to keep the title. Um, <clears throat> now, on to Jim Cornette and Russo. So they were two um, members of the writing staff um, in 1996. It was 96, wasn't it? Or was it 97? Shawn Michaels, 97. So, yeah. Um, Shawn Michaels rolls out of the ring, grabs the title, and is escorted away by um, by Slaughter and Briscoe. So Earl Hebner, for a start, um, he revealed in the documentary that um, Bret Hart paid um, to transfer him to first class and had a conversation about whether he was going to be screwed or not. Um, with Earl Hebner, where Earl guaranteed him that he would he would not screw him um, that night. Um, what was then revealed was that just before Earl went out, um, he had been approached by Gerald Briscoe and basically been told, um, screw Brett or you lose your job. Um, that I can believe. With the part, the part of the part of that story is who someone was throwing all this stuff into the car. How did they find out that he knew about that? Throw that stuff into the car as he was going out to the ring. So he would have known before then, I think. That's a very, very good point. Um, he does mention in that story that he does mention to his massive bro- hole in what Well, he saying. does mention that he told his brother on his way out, um, but I can't see why his brother would be stood in gorilla position. In order to do exactly. that, um, it seems like a very str- especially on that night to have, and when there is um, obviously not only the WWE's people, not only Bret Hart's people, but also the Wrestling with Shadows documentary crew um, were all there exactly. as well at the same time. Yeah. Um, it seems like a bit of a. Um, so he must have known before. Then. He must. Uh, I, I feel he probably did. Um, whether he knew before that flight or not, that is another question. Um, Bret Hart did go into meet Vince McMahon um, earlier that evening and was wearing a wire um, that was um, placed on him by the crew of the Wrestling With Shadows documentary, which was following him around at the time. Um, Very interesting um, to hear Vince McMahon in a conversation that is not um, where he's not aware he's being recorded. Of course, that's um, possibly one of wrestling's most historically relevant um, pieces of, of footage, um, even though it's only sound footage, I would probably say it's probably... Would you say that that recording is probably the most relevant piece of wrestling footage, or, or sorry, the, the most historical piece of wrestling footage? Yeah, I mean, you're getting a true representation of yeah. what Vince is actually there like. Is never, there is never so, another yeah. situation where you can get the biggest man in wrestling talking um, so candidly um, to one of his talents and so openly lying to him um, as well, as we know. Um, so yeah. the 
show kind of puts this over for the first kind of 45 minutes um, and then the last segment um, is where they they claim to reveal who the true mastermind is um, so what then happens is we cut to Jim Cornette um, Cornette says that in a creative meeting about two weeks before um, there was a um, they were batting around ideas um, and Cornette referred back to the original um, Montreal Screwjob. Um, original Screwjob. Let's just grab that. Um, 1938. It was. It was 1938. Um, long story short, the original Montreal Screwjob, um, the Battle of the Bite, um, involved Ed Strangler Lewis. Um, who was wrestling a challenger um, whose name escapes us all. Um, and he was bitten um, backstage before the match um, and then proceeded to pretend um, that that bite had been done by his opponent, a um, gentleman called DeGlane. Um, as a result, the referee saw it and disqualified um, one of the parties and the other party retained the championship. That's the basis of it. Um, Jim Cornette said that this was his inspiration for doing this. Um, he suggested he suggested that there would be a um, sharpshooter from Sean and Brett um, would basically be placed in a situation where the referee claimed that he had signaled that he had wanted to submit. And as a result, Brett would have the decision of either exposing the wrestling industry or alternatively not um, and admitting defeat. Um, and with Brett's background, he would most likely not. That is... More that is Cornette's story. <laughs> um, of course, Russo's story was that um, he just suggested it. <laughs> he just suggested it. Yeah, um, he, he suggested the double cross and didn't hear it cut. Yeah, bro. he said bro four <laughs> times while he was on camera, um, which means it probably wasn't true. Um, bro. Um, but he suggested the double cross and didn't hear it come from Cornette, quote, unless I was in the bathroom when he said it, end quote. That's pretty much his version of the story. So I am more inclined to believe um, I am more inclined to I didn't miss much, um, though. I don't think you did, actually. Um, it sounds like mm. you um, pretty much got it sorted. Um, the only real mm. interesting fact is that, believe it or not, Scott Hall believes it's all a work. The yeah. whole thing Scott is Hall a work. Believes that the screwjob itself Scott is a work. Scott Hall believes the entire screwjob is a work. Um, and his, his reasoning behind that, his, his reasoning right. behind that is that the, um, for a start, Bret Hart stands up and spits in Vince McMahon's face. Who is it who's telling the cameraman mm. to focus tight on the spit crawling down Vince McMahon's face? Who is it who tells the cameraman to point the camera at Bret Hart and allow them to continue feeding the satellite of Bret Hart, air-quoting WCW? 
could this have just been a way of saving face for Bret Hart? Could could that back and forth between Bret Hart and Vince McMahon culminated in a situation where they had all decided to but kayfabe before it? Before Vince, Vince came up from a gorilla position, he could have just said, tell someone to get the cameras rolling and... <laughs> Well, Bruce everything. Pritchard's assertion is that indeed he wasn't in on it um, and he was in guerrilla position and the only thing he knew how to do was to capture the situation because there was nothing else he could do. Um, he was very upset that he was put in that position um, because he feels he wasn't told anything about it. He apparently later asked Vince McMahon um, why he was never told about it and Vince McMahon's response was... Um, if I'd have told you, you'd never have been able to say that you didn't know. Um, which, to be fair, knowing Bruce Pritchard, I would probably say that he wouldn't have been able to. He would. He would not have. He would not have kept that as a lie um, to the talent. He never was one for working the boys. He didn't like doing it. So, yeah, Jim Cornette. Best friends. <laughs> Who's best friends? <laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started don't even get me started <laughs> captain oh yeah AJ's definitely going to be the champion AJ's going to Raw and he's going to be the champion Do you, you, yeah, you said that earlier that's, that's, uh, you love him yeah. you love him mate anyway <laughs> <laughs> don't make me do the impression <laughs> it's not my shtick to do um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you are right. I do love Bruce Pritchard, but um, I like to be. I like I to be. Uh, I said best friends. Well, I, uh, no, no, I was a confession. I was confessing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Fair <laughs> regardless, um, so Jim Cornette. Do you think that this sounds like something he could have suggested? Um, he claims. He he claims yeah. that. Yeah, he definitely. claims that he was later sat um, watching the match, saw the sharpshooter go, um, and immediately, before they'd even rang the bell, got up and ran to his car. Um, and he apparently beat um, Earl Hebner out of the building. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah, I heard that too. On Excellent. The um, what did, didn't, what didn't you miss? Okay. What did... <laughs> There was 15 minutes left. Oh. So this is in the, the first half oh. an hour. So I don't understand what the last 15 oh. minutes were. Yeah, the last the last 15 minutes was Brett punching Vince in the face. So, um, oh, right, cool. Yeah, yeah we all about know that, about that. So. Oh, okay, well, I guess you didn't miss much then. Um, yeah. That's all right. So, yeah, what do you think about Jim Cornette's assertion that this happened and that he was the guy who originally thought of the angle? Um, to be fair... Both of them could have suggested it. Yeah, either of them could. I mean, you, you, yeah, either, either of them could have done it. Like, but if I'm going to go with anyone, I'm going to go with Jim Cornette. I would go with Jim Cornette. It's a much more old, old star wrestling thing to do. Um, exactly. Bruce's assertion, um, or at least the assertion from um, the Montreal Screwjob episode um, that Bruce and Comrade did when they first started out their podcast um, was that um, the spot was a spot that Brett and um, Sean had done on the house show circuit um, for a while going into the match um, with the sharpshooter, um, which were kind of make sense as to why they will put that spot in. If that makes sense. 
Um, yeah. Not necessarily with um, any form of forward planning. Um, however, if they were doing it on the house show loop, um, it could have possibly been it could have possibly just been a spot that they all knew was going to happen and therefore they chose to they chose to actually they chose to actually just utilize that as part of the screw job um so i suppose the only real question is um who do you think knew well obviously vince knew i still don't think sure michael's you don't think sure michael's knew okay yeah, for some reason I don't think. Do you Michael's think Triple name. H? No. Unless he, considering he's outright said he yeah. was the guy who suggested it. <laughs> I'm I'm with you on that one. All yeah. right. I I reckon yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon Triple H is the one. Um, anyone else? Earl Hebner obviously had to know. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, Joe Briscoe knew. Yeah. Patterson. So the fair few mm. Cornette probably uh, knew. Bro probably knew. Yeah, I reckon Russo and Cornette will have known. Um, I don't... I'm not going to make a call on Bruce Pritchard. Do you think Bruce Pritchard knew? As the guy mm. running Gorilla. Hmm... Hard from not to know if he's running Goodbye, away, everybody. But... Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it now. Bruce Pritchard, you're a goddamn liar. <laughs> uh, you see, I can't make a... Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I, I don't, don't think he did, did know. No. I don't think... I think... I think... If you were going to pull something like that off, if someone is a professional, um, as... You know, as anybody who runs Gorilla, whether it was Bruce Pritchard, whether it was Gorilla Monsoon, whether it was, whether it was fucking George Hackenschmidt on a on a um, the seven millimeter thirty second camera, um, they would know to carry on documenting at that point um, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, of course. I do like the assertion and the irony of Bret Hart eventually being the guy who, the guy who does blow open the wrestling industry, and I think that that is, I think that is on Bret Hart to some degree, um, because he's the one who bitched and moaned about it, um, possibly justified, possibly not justified, but just a very very interesting story, and I don't think we'll ever get the full the full picture as to what occurred. Well, yeah, just obviously you can speculate so the cows it's come home. It's one of the most interesting, interesting things to ever happen in wrestling. It oh, was the Kennedy sure. moment, as um, as, um, as Eric Bischoff so rightfully put it. But for it to all be a work, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I think I. Is, it, yeah. is that too far fetched? <laughs> I think what's be? more far fetched is that. Scott Hall wouldn't have talked to Shawn Michaels about it if it was a work. So either Scott Hall thinks that Shawn Michaels is lying to him, or alternatively, mm. Shawn Michaels is having Scott Hall on, and Scott Hall's the most gullible bastard in the world. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, all the work. Yeah, that's right, Scott. All the work. <laughs> Guys, you won't guess what I'm, I'm getting Scott to believe. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Montreal Screwjob. There we go. That's this is our Montreal Screwjob episode, everybody. This is episode two. We've done a Montreal Screwjob episode. We've finally got there. Yeah. Well, episode two of the Beard and Beer Power Hour. Yeah. Montreal Screwjob. Yeah. That's it. We've done it. Yeah. We've done it. There's nothing else we can say. That's this will be We've this is your this is your <laughs> where were you moment, you know? That's it. Um oh, I was I was watching it. Yeah, so was I. <laughs> I was I was I was watching it. Yeah. I would have been a pretty sure. Yeah, it didn't make any day. sense to me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> None of it made any fucking sense to me at the time. Um, the whole Vince McMahon afterwards being all being all um, Brett screwed Brett thing. I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. Just none of it made any oh. sense to me as a kid. I didn't have the internet until 1999. So to me, it was always just one of those giant question marks. Where I'm like, what actually fucking happened? Plus, I was nine. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but even at that age, I knew it was a yeah, weird finish. Yeah, it was a very weird finish. And for someone to rock WCW, this guy, like, what does that mean? It kind of clicked that he was going to WCW. Yeah, I kind of got that. Um, I worked out that he was going to WCW. Um, I wasn't quite sure what exactly had happened in regards to taking the belt off him. Um, I couldn't like what so they're taking the belt off him and now they're going to sack him or what i couldn't work that out because obviously it mm. was still real to me damn it at the time um but <laughs> you know it was it was very interesting interesting situation probably probably the most interesting situation in wrestling history um and i think that viceland um and spike johns and his people um did an absolutely fantastic job of bringing it to life for um beyond the ring um Next week, of course, is their Bruiser Brody episode. Um, I have already seen the Bruiser Brody episode. Um, it was an early press release um, that I happened to get a copy of. It's a good episode. I really, really like how it explains um, Bruiser Brody. Definitely, possibly the best episode of the three that I've seen so far. So that's going to be really good. Something to look forward to. Those of you that are going to are going to be tuning in to that New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, they are heading towards Pro Wrestling Dantaku. Um, nothing amazing to report from there, other than the fact that Kurt Ibushi and Zack Saber Jr. Um, today wrestled an absolute. Mac Classic once more um, for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. If you can, go out of your way to see it um, because it was absolutely fantastic. There were several overt references to Shinsuke Nakamura um, in um, in Abushi's performance. Um, and, of course, we did get to see that classic Abushi um, strong style, Ishii, almost Ishii-esque um, punch me in the face and watch me be a nasty bastard um, side, which we all love and cherish so much. Jay, any 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 closing thoughts in regards to everything we've discussed today, or anything that you want to just shoot the shit about? Just want to shoot the shit about. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm kind of point out that I'm really hungover, so I've not got much going on right now. Okay. <laughs> How is your how, how what's going on in your personal life at the moment? <laughs> what's going on in your personal life at the moment, Jay? Yeah, what's, what, uh, what are you doing? What are you doing other than wrestling stuff? 
Well, when I'm not doing wrestling stuff, I am at work. <laughs> oh. Doing work stuff. Well, other than that, have you yeah. watched anything that's not wrestling? Uh, I don't think so this week. Unless you count football. Football doesn't count. Football isn't even a thing. Yeah, yeah it's not even real. Um, those of you across the pond, you might call it soccer. <laughs> soccer. <laughs> soccer. So you know what talking about. I'm still watching through the Orville. Um, really good two-parter in the middle of season two. Um, thoroughly enjoyed cool. it. Um, and need to get on that. Yeah, yesterday I watched um, Mission Impossible 6, and it was... <laughs> Some mini guy jumping around. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically had to stand. Didn't he break his like leg and making that film, doing one of the stunts? Um, yes, yes he did, yes he did. Um, and to be honest, yeah, it was all right. Um, four one one mania on the back of this Montreal thing. Um, have picked up, um, Jim Cornette and his insinuations, and have done a piece on it. Um, so it does seem that it's getting quite a bit of traction. We're not the only news outlet um, to be reporting on all of this. Um, Earl Hebner has come to say that um, Bret Hart knew the Montreal screw job was going to happen. Um, that's how many people are reading Earl Hebner's interview um, on that show as well um, pro wrestling sheet are implying that Bret Hart knew it was going to happen and pretty much knew how they were going to do it. And yet he still allowed him to do the sharpshooter. What more can you say? Anything else that we need to cover? so cool um don't think so do remember to apart from la park won the battle riot too he did that yeah um so he's the number one contender uh, they could have given it to sammy cats sammy callahan but they went with la park this is on um mlw i assume mlw yeah yeah um i watched a bit of mlw yeah yeah how'd you find it um How'd you find the production? I quite like it. Oh, I was going to say I just found it somewhere on YouTube or something. But um, yeah, no, I, I quite like the production quality. Um, I I felt that some of the um, I felt that some wrestling's important to MLW. Yeah, wrestling. There's not a lot talking good wrestling is very important um and i think that they are hitting the nail on the head with the audience that they are going for for um i think it's a shame that um there are so many other indie promotions that have a much bigger profile than mlw um in regards to it um a lot of people are fans of mlw um the podcast network um but aren't necessarily um aware of the actual wrestling piece that they do but no i thoroughly enjoyed what i saw um and yeah i think they've got some really good talent there um i mean how good is david boy smith jr He's all right. I love him. I think he's great. He's like his dad. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> um, and of course, he is a carbon copy. He, he yeah. literally looks like the exact same person. Not quite, but put them next to each other. They look different. We are, of course, available every Sunday, I think, for some reason, um, on Anchor. 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocketcast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. You can always drop us a line in our message box. Um, and I am today going to start a brand new section where, which we call checking out the message box with Beard and Bear. So let's have a quick look in our message box <laughs> and see who's wanted to get in contact with us. Let's have a quick look. No one. <laughs> Nope, 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 no one. <laughs> cool. Not a goddamn thing. Cool. Well, <laughs> you guys keep on writing your wonderful messages and sending them in. Um, also, keep on keep on calling us and, and leaving a message in our message box. It's really appreciated. Um, anything else before we go? Any, any, any closing thoughts, Jay? Hmm. <sighs> Not this week. I don't have. I don't have no 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 closing thoughts. No. Cool. Well, I I'm guess I'm doing well this week. I'm you, doing well. you are doing really well. Uh, well, mm. I guess in that case, there is nothing else to say other than wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> Dead and bare. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Yeah. There's, there's music playing now. Bye. 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 Yeah, baby. Uh, uh, just be joking.